Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Living Well. This is Zenobia Bailey. And my guest today is Naja E. Brown. <clears throat> welcome, Naja. Thank you, Zenobia, and welcome and to your audience, and thank you for tuning in to hear what we have to share today. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Uh, maybe you all, I think you probably always hear excitement in my voice, but I'm doubly, if not triply, excited today because Naja and I used to be co-hosts of another podcast, uh, and she <laughs> she is still carrying that podcast forward, and it's called, I'll let her say a few things about it later in the show, uh, it's called Hope for Today. And um, I invite you to stay really tuned in to what she has to say about how you can locate it. And then at the end of our program, I will post that information in the profile for today as well. But trying to get straight to the point, we've been discussing workplace communication. And today we're going to look at it from the vantage point of human resources. Naja is an expert, an expert. Uh, very knowledgeable HR manager, developer. And so without further ado, I give the mic to her again. And I would like, Naja, for you to share with us what it means today anyway, because I know HR has evolved. So what does it mean today in terms of what an HR department, HR manager does for an organization or corporation? Well, thank you for that gracious introduction. And I I am an HR professional, and we are always in a learning mode. So um, you you called me an expert. I, I believe that I did good work when I was working in human resources. So what HR means today most organizations are going to have a human resources department, and human resources can be either human resources management or human resources development. Either way, there's an HR department that is kind of the overseer of workforce. Uh, they also play a role of risk management. They are the ones who generally develop all of the policies and procedures that govern how uh, you treat your workforce, how you uh, manage your workforce, and and then there's other aspects. You've got benefits department, you've got recruitment of workforce department, and you've got usually a uh, training and development department. So human resources, you know, uh, it's, you're just basically talking about your human capital. How do you manage your employees? How do you hire your employees? How do you compensate your employees? How do you promote your employees? How do you train and develop your employees? All of those aspects fall under 
human resources management and development. Okay. Now, you know, I never really <laughs> honed in on it until uh, we were thinking about this show. Uh-huh. And the title itself, Human Resources, I want to pause there because that says it all in, 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 in many regards, the fact that you said it's your human capital. It's about people, isn't it? Just totally about yes. people, how in, in, um, addressing all of the areas that you spoke about, and I'm sure probably even more, uh, how to keep employees encouraged, uh, keep their morale going. It's um, steeped in communication and team building. And, I mean, I just wish that I had had more of an embrace of HR when I was actively building my career. Because ah, if you can get, mm-hmm. it, it would seem to me, and, and I want your feedback, if, if I or anyone could build a, a, a relationship with the individuals in HR, not just, you know, that's HR, you know, or, HR is dealing uh-huh. with the salary and benefits, or HR is doing whatever. You know, many times HR is kind of just kind of passed by. We know that you mm-hmm. all exist, but you play such a vital role. And I'm just wondering if there's something that you might be able to say to the listeners in terms of what they might do to tender a relationship or, or, and or the benefit of having a good relationship with their HR folks? Mm-hmm. Well, there is an advantage of an employee being able to trust the human resources department. Uh, so it really kind of ends up being two-pronged. HR can have a good rap, and then they can have a not-so-good rap. And it okay. takes it takes a good um, director, it takes good, a good manager, it takes a good recruiter to be able to send the message that they are there for not only the organization, but also for the employee. And I think oftentimes what happens is the, the interest and the investment in the employee is sometimes missed. So, uh, but yes, if if if, if there's a, a department that any employee can can relate to and trust, and feel that they the human resources department has the employee's best interest uh, at heart, then that's the beginning of a good relationship. That's the good of a that's the beginning of a fostering, uh, trusting, and a long lasting relationship. Uh, but a lot, a lot of times, policies and procedures and the carrying out execution of certain policies seem to appear that they're working against the employee because then the policy ends up being what's used when an employee ends up falling into what we would call a low performer and their performance uh, is being managed, and when there's violation of policy or protocol, if it's well documented, then that's what often is used against the employee to start start some sort of disciplinary process. So, 
it's two-pronged. Uh, I've yes. worked in organizations where the HR department was phenomenal and cutting edge and uh, very upbeat and very encouraging. And then I've worked in uh, d- uh, organizations where the HR was just uh, not perceived as uh, favorable for the employees at all. And a lot of times that's where your union environment comes in. Something has gone amiss or awry for the employees, and then the union uh, ends up coming in, and then everything is governed by a contract. Yes. Well, I um, thank you for those uh, those comments about that. Uh, I'd like to um, turn our attention to um, some of the biases that come to the attention of, um, I won't say HR in general, but maybe some of the biases that have come to the to your attention. Um, I know for me, and I think that just in discussion with some of my peers and, and younger people that I have had the privilege of uh, coaching and mentoring, this whole idea of the gender and or the age differential and how that affects your pay. Uh, Too often, this whole idea of, well, you're not old enough or you are female, um, and sometimes because you are of of an ethnicity, that although all of those uh, categories of people may be performing the same job function and performing it well, their pay, their remuneration is quite significantly lower than their opposite um, co-worker. Um, can you speak to that? Like for, to be very specific, I joined an organization, I was, African-American, I am African-American, I was young, I was about 15 years younger than uh, two of the my counterparts, actually three, two were male, one was female, and uh, I was told in, in no uncertain terms, it was nothing being hidden that, well, they didn't tell me in the beginning that my pay was different, but when I learned that it was and I went to HR, I was told it was because I was female and because I was younger. Wow. Well, that's a good example right there of an HR department that has gone awry. Uh, Absolutely. And and it just is not working in behalf of the employee uh, when you start talking about equality and and equity and all those things. There are labor laws that govern the way uh, companies should approach their pay, and there shouldn't be any differences in pay between men and women. There shouldn't be anything that is employment-related that should focus on anyone's age, their race, their veteran status, their gender, their color, creed, disability, any of those things. I mean, there's protected classes. And so uh, a good HR department is going to be very, very careful 
certainly wouldn't make the statement, your pay is different because of your age and your gender or your color or, or whatever. Uh, but a good HR department is going to just just have that buttoned up. I mean, that that is just um, a lawsuit ready to happen. And a lot of times it ends up being a class action suit because you would not have been the only one who was treated that way. So I don't well, know how many years ago that was. I hope that it wasn't anything that was like really recent because there are so many no. classic cases that are out there, case studies that are out there. And when you go through HR training, you get to learn about those cases. And so um, it just, it, I, I hope that there aren't any organizations still operating in that manner. Well, I hope not as well. And uh, to my shame, uh, this was early, very early in my career, and uh-huh. I, I actually didn't stay that long with this organization. But um, it was early in my career. I was, I should have gone to EEOC. Uh, I regret yes. that I did not. Um, mm-hmm. I also knew, however, that um, there were, like you said, there were others. Um, we're in similar situations had happened and they seem from what I recollect the, their report back was that they had gone to EEOC and nothing had happened and so I didn't want to jeopardize in my naivete my young naivete I didn't want to jeopardize my 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 work and so I just stayed for the given time that I did uh, but I do regret not pursuing it on my own because my experience would not have had to necessarily have been theirs. So uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I would just like to echo to anyone who's listening that might be in a similar situation and hopefully not. And no, Naja, this was not anything recent. This was at least, oh, I don't know, 30 years ago, something like that. Uh-huh. But still, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, should not, it should not have been. But, you know, even though they may not verbally say that this is the situation, we still know that it exists, that these differences do happen due to gender, age, race, or or what have you. I know the Uh situation right now where that is happening, and um, I read about it in various journals. Um, This is still a real problem. But anyway, I would encourage you all to to pursue this if you have to. You know, you follow your channels. Am I right, Naja, follow the channels within the organization first before going to EEOC? That is correct. They should have some sort of uh, complaint or grievance process, an internal uh, process that people can go through and then show that they've exhausted that. And they can start with just uh, if the company has an open-door policy, going to a manager, going up the chain of command, uh, actually filing a, a formal complaint or a grievance. Um, some organizations have the ombudsman. So just exhaust every process that's available to you within the organization, and then EEOC will be all over the complaint. And they'll send an investigator okay. out also. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. So now when uh, we speak about workplace communication, uh, before we transition into the next um, area. Uh, uh-huh. What does that what does that mean relative to human resources? 
Well, for me personally, as an HR professional, uh, my best practices had to include effective communication, good communication, clear and concise communication. And one of the things that I learned early on as a representative of human resources, whether I was in a director, manager, or consultant position, that the counsel and the guidance that I offered, I had to believe in it and practice it also. So what was good for the goose was good for the gander. And clear, effective, honest communication goes a long way. Uh, That's one of the ways in which you can build that trust between the department and the workforce is for them to be able to trust that what they're being told from the human resources department, um, information that's coming out is not, uh, you know, a certain set of communication uh, or, or a certain type of information is going to one group and not the other. So communication has to has to be clear and it has to be effective and you have to say what needs to be said. So that that's been my practice. And one of the things, the feedback that I used to get as an HR professional is that uh, I was, people could always trust what I was telling them. And and they felt that I gave good advice, but that they, they knew that they could trust what I was telling them. And it was oftentimes what they didn't want to hear and most often what they needed to hear. Yes, and actually, you know, I did not know you from an HR relationship, but um, just in our relationship, I can trust, I feel you're a great communicator, and I can trust what you say, trust what you do, and whether it be workplace or not, communication has to be clear and effective, and like you said, the message, you have to have a a message, you have to have a sender, you have to have a receiver. And just because I'm speaking to you, it does not mean that I have communicated. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. interferences that the models call noise, okay? So I might yes. be thinking about something um, while you're talking, but you don't know that I'm thinking about this thing necessarily. I mean, you may see that there's like a a deer in the in the in the what do you call it deer in the headlight look but caught in the um, headlight headlights see, yes <laughs> yes you you might see that for a moment or you might see that on a constant basis and then of course yeah you know well she she probably didn't really hear me Z did you hear me but um, <laughs> barring that you don't know and so sometimes it and I, it just serves us well to resurface and uh, recircle rather and maybe state whatever we've said in a different way to sum it up or, or ask a question about it. And uh, that just helps to dispel the lack of intentional communication and the meaning we have behind what it, what it is that we're actually trying to convey to somebody. Uh-huh. So I really uh-huh. appreciate you, Naja. You well, are an excellent you. communicator. Thank you. You are as well. Let let me add this too. Good communication always starts with being an active or an engaged listener. And Absolutely. most often, and in, in the type of work that I was involved in, because I did a lot of mediation and I had to sit in 
most of what I did toward the end of my career ended up being more related to performance management and labor relations. Labor relations meant listening uh, to the union and then representing the organization and negotiating the contract. Or if there were con- there was a conflict between uh, a manager and a direct report or between two employees within a department, I would be called in. And almost always, this is what I learned from being engaged in HR in that way, someone was usually more interested in proving that they were right and mm-hmm. someone else was wrong. And then yes. a certain type of arrogance is shown when someone thinks that, you know, their experience or whatever it is that they know is more important and it gives them the right to speak a certain way or to give someone advice to, and to tell them what they don't know. So it's, it was amazing how the manager would point the finger at the employee and the employee would point the finger at the manager, but they both had the same issue going on. They didn't hear one another. <laughs> one was right. One was wrong. And so I used to go in and, and uh, I learned a lot about that. So, and, and it's always good to listen because there's always another side to the story and you can always, really learn always. from people when you listen to them, you can learn about people. You can learn more than meets the eye if you truly, truly listen to people and let them tell their story. That's a great piece of advice for all of us today. Um, I want to ask you to share with us uh, one of your, is there a, a specific lesson? I mean, you just shared that lesson, so maybe lesson or um an experience that you remember that stands shoulders and above some of the others that you would like to share with us that might help some of our listeners today, something that you came mm-hmm. away with or you were able to give to someone that um, immediately comes to your mind as being maybe a, yes. a success. Yes, yes. Well, this was, uh, it greatly impacted me, but it was a successful communication between a manager and I. So I always like to look for a takeaway. There's always golden nuggets and things that happen that, you know, have some sort of what would appear to be a negative effect. But I remember having a performance evaluation with my manager, and, you know, we always want to hear the praises, right? Well, my manager was very well trained, and she did not err in rating me solely on just the good that I was doing or just the bad. She balanced the appraisal. And in HR, we call that the halo or horns effect, where someone just disregards the not-so-good performance and rates them on the halo like they're doing good, like an angel. And then, Or there's some managers that say, well, there's no good that's being done. I'm going to rate you on all of the negative or the not-so-good that I see. But uh, she 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 balanced it, and she appraised the good and the bad and the ugly. And uh, this is what she said to me uh, during one of my performance evaluations, and I'll never forget it. She said, my contribution, she said, your contribution to our team is invaluable. And she said, people listen to what you say. She said, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And then she gave me an example. You know, I knew exactly what she was talking about because she was spot on. 
And I knew that about myself. And my mother used to always say to me, you don't always need to make a comment. So in other words, she was saying, keep your mouth shut. And, you know, my mother's passed, and I could be in team meetings and get ready to say something, and I could hear my mother saying, up, just keep your mouth shut. So during this particular time at this organization, there was a lot of frustration, and it was hard work because we were laying people off, and it was impacting their lives, and there were, you know, it was just hard work. So the comment that I made, and I remember this, the comment I made in the in the team meeting was, someone needs to do a better job at figuring this out. I just blurted it out. We're having this discussion. Well, yeah, the nurses need to be laid off, and or the the rad techs, the radiology techs uh, uh, need to be laid off, or who, whoever it was. And we were going on and on and on about what groups were going to be laid off, what clinics were going to be closed, and it was tough work. And I said, someone needs to do a better job at figuring this out. Later on, she she asked me, well, she said that, she said, thank you for receiving my feedback, constructive feedback, so graciously. And I told her, I said, I knew that about myself. I, mm. I knew that. I mean, she was spot on. So the golden nugget was for me to to do better. And the following year, I asked her, I said, did I improve in the one area, the only area that she kind of gave me a not so good mark? And she said, yes, you definitely excelled. She said, you exceeded. And so I said, well, thank you for the feedback. And so that was the golden nugget. That was the takeaway for me. That's just wonderful. I I um I love that nausea. Now before we go, before we go, we have yes. a few minutes. Um, I'd like you to just share whatever you'd like to share. I, I for those who were able to read the promotional information, you know that Naja is the founder and executive director of Yield to the King Ministry, and she also has a podcast that she hosts and whatever else you might want to talk about. So. We have about three and a half, three and a half minutes, and then well, thank we you. will say bye. Go ahead. Thank you. Yield to the King Ministry is a faith-based organization. It's been in existence since 2015, and our focus is um, hunger, homelessness, and displacement. We've got three programs where we're able to do outreach. We're able to help people reach their personal goals, and we actually will feed people. And there's other smaller programs within those three uh, categories. And I love the work that I'm doing, and I have to go out, and I have to be an engaged listener, and I have to be an active listener because everybody that we run into has a story. And our aim is to help others and to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So that that's my story. I mean, I retired early from human resources. All of that training is being used to this day. I train and work with volunteers. We have a good, solid bank of volunteers at Yield to the King Ministry. And then the nice thing is we do have a podcast that we broadcast. And, Zenobia, I have you to, to thank. I am eternally grateful. You were the one that actually encouraged me to start it. You were my co-host for the first year. It's called Hope for Today, and you can go to the website at www yield to the king ministry.org and under the tab podcast it gives you the listing of all of the podcasts that have been broadcasted and aired uh over the past gosh almost three years now i think 
It's unbelievable, yes. isn't it? I know. It may, be yes, more than, yes. it may be more than three. It may even be more than three because I, I celebrate um, on the third, I believe, of November. I will be celebrating my fifth anniversary. Oh, my. So I oh know. My. I, so I'm thinking that you might be four, but no matter what it is, it's just a blessing, is it not? It is. It really is. And let me share this one scripture, if I have a little bit of time, this one scripture, when we talk about being an active listener, and when I think about my mother's voice telling me you don't need to make a comment about everything, it's found in the book of James in chapter 1, and it's verses 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so with that, um, that's been my motto uh, since well, that amen golden on nugget that. with that performance. Yes, thank you. Thank amen you. Amen on that. And, folks, we are going to say goodbye for now. If anyone would like uh, to reach out to Naja, you will find her contact information at her website, at yieldtothekingministry.org or you may contact me and I will contact Naja on your behalf. So without further ado, we are going to say good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, Naja. Good night. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.